Well, good morning, Springbrook. Welcome in to the house of the Lord for worship. We are so excited to be with you today on this beautiful summer day. Thank you for coming out to join us as we come before the Lord together. If you're joining us online at our 9 o'clock service, we have online hosts. They are standing by, available for you all throughout the service to answer your questions, to have conversation, and to pray with you. So if you'd like to pray with one of our hosts, there's a button there that says request prayer. You can click on that. You'll go into a one-on-one private chat with one of our hosts. They would be delighted to just engage with you and pray with you, connect with you. Our heart is for you to be connected to what God's doing in this place, no matter where you are today. So thank you for joining us. I'd love to invite you now to stand as you are able in body or spirit for our call to worship. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So as we lift our voices to him, may God stir in your heart the plans he has for you. Let us sing.
let's sing this song out together to our King of Kings. In the darkness we were waiting without hope, without light, till from heaven you came running, there was mercy in your eyes, to fulfill the law and promise, to a virgin came the word, from a throne of endless glory, to a cradle in the So we sing praise to the Father. Praise the Father. Praise the Son. Praise the Spirit. Three in one. God of glory. Majesty. Praise forever to the King. To reveal the kingdom coming and to reconcile the lost, to redeem the whole creation, you did not despise the cross, for even in your suffering you saw to the other side, knowing this was our
Jesus, the only one who could ever save. 
be shaken. We're going to continue in worship with a song of prayer and confession and praise. Let's fall upon his mercies together this morning. Oh. 
Psalms 145, 8 through 9. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Lord. Please open our hearts and our minds that uh, when we hear your word, that we may listen. And please use us to be examples for you. We want to amplify your glory wherever we go. Thank you for choosing us. No matter our age or our ability, we are not too broken or messed up for you to use us. So empower us as we seek to love and to lead and to live like you. In Jesus' holy name, amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning. Welcome to Springbrook Church. We are so glad that you are with us on this very special day. It's Father's Day. And so if you're a father, we're uh, glad that you're with us. Everybody's got a father. We're glad you're here with us today to celebrate this special day. Guys, we have some beef jerky for you when you came in this morning. There's some meat out there at the table, and then we've got some snacks. And then uh, last week, I made a joke about having something nutritious, and people took me up on it, so we got some fruit out there, too. Got some keto snacks. (laughs) So if you're on a keto diet, there's something out there for you as well. Uh, but we're glad that you're with us. Be sure and pick one of those up uh, on the way out this morning. Hey, if you're a first or second time guest with us today, we're glad that you're with us. Uh, you've got a connection card in your seat if you're with us in person. If you're watching online, uh, there's a place for you to click that online connection card just to let us know that you were here. We're glad you're here with us as well. And then I also wanted to let you know, um, you can also text that you're here. And so I know if sometimes if you're getting tired of filling out those connection cards or you really have to click that link every week, if you'd rather, you can just text the word here to that 844-238-7507 number. Well, that's the same number we're using for uh, the uh, student ministry sign-up. It's the same number we use for Next Steps. And so that number, you can text any questions that you have. You can just text HELP, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, we'll help you get in, uh, engaged here. So if you just want to let us know uh, you're here, you can text here to that number. You can scan that QR code as well. Guys, next uh, Monday, in fact, coming up, we have our Men's Power Up gathering. They're going to be meeting here at Springbrook, 645. They're going to have some snacks, refreshments. It's going to be a great time. They're going to be doing a study together uh, coming off of that Men's No Regrets conference. We're going to be looking at what it means to be a man. And so if you've got questions about that, if you're interested, uh, just uh, visit our website. It's on our app as well. Uh, they'll be meeting here at 645, and then they'll start right at 7. If you have any questions, be sure to let us know. And then the ladies have got a summer study that's going to be kicking off right now. It's the same study that's offered either in the morning or in the afternoon or evening, I believe. And so there's several opportunities for you to sign up. And so if you want to know more information about that, again, uh, website, app, uh, text. It's really easy to get connected to that. In fact, I feel like the last time I looked, there was over uh, 40, almost 50 women have signed up for that summer study. And so if you have any questions about that, uh, please be sure to let us know. But registration for that is due uh, next week, and so be sure to get in on that. And then next Sunday, we have a baptism service. I am so excited about that. We have, uh, right now, we have two people confirmed to get baptized. Uh, if I've left you a phone mail message or an email, uh, right now, I think there's like six people we're talking to about uh, having expressed an interest in baptism. And so if you want to know more about baptism, would love the opportunity to celebrate that with you. We're going to be finishing up our series, Sent. Uh, this is a great way uh, just to conclude this series as we think about what does it mean to live missionally in our community. So if you are interested or have questions, uh, please be sure to let us know. And then also, I just want to take a minute to, uh, to thank those that served in our Kids Connect last week. 
Uh, first of all, thank you for your prayerfulness, for your faithfulness, and just for your encouragement as we've gone through these staff transitions. You know, for many of you, know that it's been a very uh, um, challenging year. Uh, we started off with one, then two, then three, then four staff changes as we've navigated through uh, the first half of this year. And so God just continues to be faithful. We were praying about whether or not we could pull off a VBS, and Rebecca Suarez, our children's ministry assistant, stepped in to fill in for Michelle. We had, uh, from what I can tell, I think we had probably about 15, 20 people volunteering uh, to support that Kids Connect. We had almost 40 kids. Uh, it was really encouraging just to hear the stories of life change during, those, during that time together. We had, uh, in fact, we had two kids that had just been uh, had got, got through watching a show on TV, or it was a movie. It was a, the Jesus. It was a Jesus movie that they had finished watching. What's the name of it? Somebody know it? Jesus Revolution. So they just got through watching the Jesus Revolution together, and they were driving by, and they saw our church sign, and they came in, and they said, "Hey, we just watched this movie. I, I think we need to get a Bible." <laughs> and so during that Kids Connect time, we had somebody coming off the street and ask for a Bible, and Pastor Joseph had an opportunity to, to share his faith story and pray with them. And uh, just, I was so thankful that we were in this building. We had uh, just kids. I, I had a personal opportunity to talk to five families I have never talked with before. There are new families to Springbrook. Those kids had a blast. I got an email from one of the moms that uh, after it was over, they just said, thank you so much for hosting that. My child was wanting to know what we're going to do next week. <laughs> and so it was really encouraging uh, in a period where there was challenges to be able to see how you uh, stepped in to fill in that gap and uh, are helping us to be able to live missionally in our community. This was an opportunity for us to connect with our community, to connect with new families, and, and help them to grow in their faith. And so I want to thank you for your support that enabled that uh, to happen. Uh, this morning we're joined by Dr. David Nelms, uh, who is a dear, dear friend. Uh, we look a lot alike, and so I, kind of, I try to emulate myself after him. <laughs> we're kindred spirits. Uh, Dr. Nelms is over the, uh, the Timothy Initiative. Uh, he is the president, and his son, Jared, is now the CEO. And uh, many of you know that they're an integral part of our missions budget. And so as you think about um, how you support our ministry financially, it enters uh, us to be able to have this partnership with TTI. And we are planting churches all over the world uh, to the very ends of the earth as a result of this partnership. Uh, Dr. Nelms has an opportunity for us to be able to talk with anybody that's interested in being a partner with TTI. So we have some opportunities uh, for you coming up. In fact, we're going to have a lunch today. Uh, after the second service, if anybody's interested in knowing more about TTI or has questions for Dr. Nelms. But it is a privilege uh, for us to be able to welcome him this morning. And so he's going to be out in just a moment. But first, I want to share with you a, a video highlight from some of our time with Kids Connect. And then Dr. Nelms will be out in just a moment. the world these days is slowly caving in we waiting for a brighter day and holding on till then even though this world is hostile we hold the one true gospel go tell the world today before it fades away let your light shine for the world to see be
All right. Well, it's so good to be back with you guys. Uh, Richard, I think this is my fourth time here, if I'm not mistaken, and that's close to a world's record for me. I rarely get invited back a second time, okay? So it's just so good to be back, and I love this place. I love your pastor. I think he's got the all-time greatest sense of humor, at least where pastors are concerned. I think you laugh more, Richard, than anybody. Any Most pastors are like laughing to keep from crying, okay? Yeah, okay. Uh, but anyway, so good to be here, and I've been looking forward to coming back to see you, to thank you for your partnership. You guys have been so generous over the years, and this is actually the strongest year we've ever seen. We're seeing a church start of this year every 12, 13 minutes, and so while we're having this service, there's going to be five more churches started, uh, maybe six in the second service. I'll preach longer then. I, won't ha- I don't have to worry about it. But there'll be at least five churches started during this service, and you guys are part of it. In fact, I want to show you a video that talks about what's happening through TTI, but I want to make sure you understand, every time you see TTI, or the Timothy Initiative, that includes you. TTI is just the name of a group of people that are working together to make disciple makers and plant churches every village, every, every people, every place, every village, everywhere. And so what this video you're about to see, it's your fruit. So I hope you'll praise God as you watch it. Let's show the video, please. Namaste, Nanu TTIT Sisu Sisunikini, Mahapurkata Japite TT Ulit Lende, Katarapati Sonanga, English Varavara Savagalam, English on the prayer Pandranga, Katarapati says the governor at Chikapatan, Anastan Edita, Nalaba, Titiati, Piat Kinga, Boya, Piatu Nimare, Yuapi Vilo Malebe, Titiati Piatkinga, Saya menjadi murid Tuhan Yesus, rindu berbagi kisahku, kisah Allah kepada orang lain yang belum percaya. Titi 
Well, that's part of your fruit, and I just want you to see it so you can rejoice in it. A lot of stories, all these churches that are being started, just thousands and thousands of them, they're made up of people. Churches aren't buildings, they're people. And each one of them has a story. The gal you're looking at, Lolita, in 2018, her husband was bit by a snake, a poisonous snake, and he died. And that may not seem that unusual, but in this particular village, they worshipped snakes. They worshipped the snake god. And so everyone assumed that Lolita must have done something wrong. She must have offended the, their god for her husband to be bitten by the snake and, 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 and died. And so everyone blamed, uh, blame it on the wife. Amen. Always blame it on the wife. And so, uh, and so what they did was... They, they, they ostracized Lolita, they, they ignored her, they, they shamed her, and she was left, her family would have nothing to do with her, her friends would have nothing to do with her, nobody would have anything to do with her. And for four years she lived in isolation and in misery, just assuming that she had done something awful to cause her husband's death. She even contemplated suicide. Well, in 2022, four years later, Timothy came to town last year and led Lolita to Christ. Her heart was open. Lolita became a follower of Christ. It was a year ago, February, and within three months, March, April, May, in three months, she got baptized, Richard. But in that, in that three-month period, she led another widow and her daughter to Jesus Christ, and all three of them got baptized together. And by the way, that's in the country where you guys have been placing your funds. It's some of your fruit. You're going to see Lolita. I told the group before service, that's not a real name. We change names for security reasons. But you're going to meet her one day in heaven. And that's just one story of literally tens of thousands. And so I want to, I want to thank you. With the great report, though, comes many problems. In the last month in one country, in fact, again, the country you're involved in, in that one country in the last month, we have seen dozens and dozens and dozens of churches burnt to the ground. Actually, hundreds burnt to the ground. And the only solution for that is prayer. You've been very generous financially, but I'm here today to tell you we need your prayer. And I'm going to be sitting right over here when the service ends, and I've got a prayer card. And if, if you're not on our prayer team, if you'd come by and take a card, you've got to take a moment, fill it out, leave it with me, 
and I'll send you an email once a month with prayer requests, stories about like Lolita and the video you just saw, stuff like that will come in every month. And we just ask that you pray and never, ever, ever post anything on social media. Just pray and delete, pray and delete. And that, that is a way everyone in this church can be involved. You can be involved in spreading the gospel to the ends of the earth through your prayers. And I'm telling you, we desperately need your prayers. So see me after the service if you could, please. I want to talk to you today on the subject of why. Why? Why do we do what we do? And I, th I think we all know why we do what we do, but I also know we're prone to forget. And sometimes I find myself doing stuff, and I'm, I'm not even really sure why I'm doing it. I just, I, I'm just doing it because I've always done it. But why do we do what we do? Why make disciples? Why plant churches? Why send out missionaries? Why join a prayer team, a missionary prayer team? Why sacrifice, uh, sacrificially give? Why come to church on Sunday? Why, why are you here today? I know you're here, but why are you here? I hope it's not because your wife made you, guys. Okay? Why, why, why do you do what you do? I believe that God is more concerned with why we do what we do than he is with what we do. For example, you, you see this principle all through the Bible. In the Old Testament, do you remember when uh, Samuel was getting ready to, to ordain uh, little young David as the next king of Israel? And the statement is made in that passage there. It says, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks upon the what? The, yeah, the heart. You see, we, we see the outside. God sees the inside. We see the height and the weight and the complexion and the color of the skin. We see all that kind of stuff. We see the kind of clothes they're wearing, the kind of shoes they're wearing, the kind of car they drive, the kind of house they live in. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks deep within. God looks at the heart. You see the same principle in the New Testament. Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and he's talking about the subject of giving. And he makes a statement. He said, God loves a cheerful giver. Now, giving is what we do, but the cheerfulness, the gratitude is why we do what we do. You see, some of you, maybe, maybe you give to the Lord, but you're giving, you're giving out of a rote habit. It's not really from your heart. Well, the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. I'm not sure if he's pleased with that kind of giving. And by the way, that's a big difference in God and me. I love any kind of giver, amen, Richard? I, you can be a grumpy giver, an irritable giver. You can be a get up on the wrong side. It doesn't matter to me because I'm going to take it and use it to plant churches. But, but I think it does matter to God. God loves a, a cheerful giver. Giving is what we do. The cheerfulness is the, the motive behind it. What should be our main motivation as Christ followers? Not just in disciple making, church planting, missions work, but across the board. What should be our main motivation to do what we do as Christ followers? Well, let me share a story with you this morning. And the answer to that question is, first of all, we do what we do because we love God. We love God. And the passage uh, that I want to start with is Matthew 22, 35 through 38. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. And I got all kind of lawyer jokes, but I don't have time. So I'm going to skip over the, the temptation to stop here. A lawyer walked up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, Rabbi, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, oh, I love this, 
Jesus didn't scratch his head. He didn't say, well, let me think about it. Let me Google it. Let me get... He said, just, he just opened his mouth and he, and he quoted scripture, by the way. He quoted from the Old Testament, Deuteronomy. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the, 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 the great and the first commandment. Why do we do what we do? Why should we do what we do? What should motivate us? We love God. Can you say those three words together with me out loud? Say them with me. We love God. I want you to say it one more time because I want you to get this together. We love God. That's why we do what we do. You say, David, why am I in church today? Well, I hope you're here because you love God. You say, you know, I gave my... Uh, I, I, I gave my own online automatic gift this morning, but why did I do that? I hope you did it because you love God. Jesus said out of all the commandments, out of everything in the Bible, what really matters is that we love God. Now follow me. Follow the reasoning here. When you love someone, you want to please them. You want them to be happy. You want to put a smile on their face. Today is Father's Day, and happy Father's Day to you men. Let me speak to you men for a second, those of you who are married. How many of you uh, married men love your wives? Okay. This would be a real good time to respond with enthusiasm. Okay. Let me try it again. How many of you men really love your wives? All right. That's a little bit better. Okay. One right over here. Good. All right. You may be doing some extra marriage counseling this week, Richard. Okay? All right, because you love your wife, you try to please her, right? You want to make her, you do try to please your wife, right? I mean, you, how many of you men get, wake up every morning and the first thought in your mind is, what can I do today to really make my wife miserable? Is that how you operate? I don't, I don't think so. All right? How do you, but, but rather you, you want to make her happy. If for no other reason, happy wife, happy, yeah, happy life. But, but I hope you're not wanting to make her happy for your sake. I hope you're wanting to make her happy for her sake. Because you love her. Because you love her, you want her to be happy. Uh, we just had Mother's Day. Somebody said the difference in Mother's Day and Father's Day is they're basically the same except the gifts for Mother's Day is a whole lot more expensive than the gifts for Father's Day. Although I did get my keto bar right here. I want you to, just for the record, I got mine. Okay, I may get another one. But we just had Mother's Day, and, and I always have a hard time buying a present for my wife because no matter what I get her, I don't know. She likes to get her own stuff. And I, I thought I remember her saying uh, she was someplace and they had a, a bird feeder, and she loved watching the birds. So I thought, I know it doesn't sound very good for a Mother's Day gift, but I'm going to get my wife a bird feeder, okay? And I got her the bird feeder. Richard, you would have thought I'd given her a bought her a mansion somewhere. She got, I'd never seen her get so excited over a gift. She was so excited over that bird feeder. And, I mean, she's, she, she's just, she was excited. This morning, I called her on the way to church. In fact, I was sitting in your parking lot, and I called her. The first thing out of her mouth was not, Happy Father's Day, David. It was not, I miss you, David. It, you know what it was? You'll never guess. There were a bunch of birds at our bird feeder this morning. And they were all eating. She, she, she got so excited over that crazy bird feeder. Okay, now look, look, you say, David, why'd you buy her a bird feeder? Because I love her. And because I thought that's what would make her happy. Can somebody say amen? 
Why do we do what we do? We love him. Because we love him, we want to make him happy. Let me tell you what, what, uh, what he wants. Revelation 5, 9. It's very clear. Revelation 5, this is God's will right here. One day gathered around the throne in heaven will be people who've been, who were saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, ransomed, purchased people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. This taking the gospel to every people, every place, making disciples, planting churches, sending out missionaries, this is clearly what he wants. It puts a smile on his face. You say, you sure about that? I'm positive. Let me tell you something. The Cubs win the World Series this year. Y'all have won it once in the last 300 years, okay? So, but if the Cubs win again this year, I doubt if it'll even make, it won't even make the front page in heaven. But one of those kids this past week, maybe gave their people that are getting baptized next week, every time somebody repents of their sins and comes to Christ, the Bible says the angels rejoice. Actually, it doesn't say the angels rejoice. We've misquoted that verse. It says there is joy and joy seen in the presence of the angels. But who's in the presence of the angels? The angels surround the throne of Almighty God. You know who I think is rejoicing, who's throwing a party? Our Father in heaven. You know what puts, what puts a smile on my wife's face is a bird feeder with a little sparrow there pecking away at the food. You know what puts a smile on my father's face? Every time a lost person repents of their sins and puts their trust in his son who, was, who by his blood ransomed them for almighty God's sake. Why do we do what we do? Because we love God. Say it with me. We love God. Remember that uh, Lolita story I told you, the snake temple? Uh, you can put that next slide up there for me, the snake temple. I've been to snake temples. Uh, it, they're dark. They're dark. A few years ago, Lolita was worshiping in one of those places. She worshiped the, the snakes, crawl, the, the priests come out, and they're carrying stuff, and the snakes crawl out of their holes, and they slither around, and people bow, and they worship, and some chant, and some pray, and some sing. That's what Lolita did all of her life. Now, she doesn't do that anymore. Now, she worships the one who has crushed the serpent's head. Amen? And Almighty God in heaven is pleased. Why do we do what we do? Because we love God. There's a second reason. We love people. We love people. Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine. 39, the story continues. Uh, Jesus answered the lawyer's question. Maybe the lawyer said, okay, thanks, Rabbi, and turned to walk away. But maybe Jesus said, hold up a second, counselor. I'm not done yet. There is a second, a second command that's like it. The second command is you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Do you know why we do what we do? Why send out missionaries? Why, why have the, the kids' ministries here? Why, why are you doing all that you're doing here in this area and, and around the world? Why? Because we love, say it with me, we love God, but also we love people. Say it with me. We love and we love yeah, that's why we do what we do. Because we love people, we want people to uh, have peace in their heart and joy. We want them to have a purpose for a living. We want them to experience the love of God. 
We want them to know what it means to have their sins forgiven, to have the guilt removed and the chains broken. We want them to have eternal life in heaven. And yes, we want them to escape the torments of hell. I'm not sure that we all really still believe in hell anymore. Sometimes I wonder. I hear people talking about heaven all the time. I rarely hear anybody talking about hell. Yet the same Holy Bible, the same Bible that tells us about the one, tells us about the other. I think it was Piper who said, who said God is concerned about all human suffering, especially eternal suffering. This is why we get the gospel out, because there is a hell. We not only want people to experience God's presence and purpose in this life, but we want them when they close their eyes for the last time, we want them to open their eyes in his presence in heaven as opposed to opening their eyes in a place of eternal suffering and torment. We do what we do. We send out the missionaries. We, we plant the churches. We, we make the disciples. We <coughs> spread the good news. We give sacrificially. We, we pray. We serve. We do what we do because we love God and because we love people. This is why, by the way, every church that you guys have helped start and it cost about every $400 you guys send approximately we're able to start a church with it. But every one of those churches are expected to take care of an orphan or a widow. Every single church, those five that will be started this hour, those five will also adopt an orphan or adopt a widow. The churches that you're planting, you've planted hundreds, uh, uh, dozens and dozens of them over the years, maybe hundreds, but you've planted dozens and dozens. Each one of them are taking care of orphans and and widows. See this picture right here? It's hard to see it, but about halfway through the picture there, there's a circle. There's a, the lady on the far right is the person in that circle. It's not that she's short. It's that she's bent over. She can't straighten up. This is her life. This is the way she lives her life, looking at the, looking at the ground. She's a 75-year-old widow. This past year, one of your Timothys found her, told her about Jesus. She accepted Christ. She became a follower of Jesus Christ. The church adopted her. She's their widow. They take care of her. She's not alone anymore. Every day she had to go out to the, to the river to draw her water. You know, it's hard carrying that water when you've got a strong back much less bent over as a 75-year-old. She's now got people in the church to help her, and they love her, and they pray for her, and they support her. And one day when she leaves this world, she's going to a place where there's no more suffering, amen? She's going to a place where her back is going to be straight, and she'll no longer walk. She, uh, when you and I get there, we're going to be looking at the streets of gold like, whoa, look at this. I don't think she will be. I think she's going to be thrilled that for, for the first time in decades she can stand erect. I look at that little widow. No, nobody in the world even knows her name. Nobody cares about her. But now she's got people that love her and take care of her. That's why we do what we do. We love God. We love people. Say it with me again. We love and we love. Well, that's not the only reason. There's another reason we do what we do. We do what we do because, well, 
because he told us to. He told us to. Now, this may be the Baptist coming out of me, okay? And so you forgive me if it is. But it's, it's real easy to miss this point in this passage. Three times you see the word commandment or commandments. In this little brief story, three times you see the same word. Teacher, which is a great commandment in the law? Jesus replied, this is a great and first commandment. And then he said on these two commandments, depend all the law and the prophets. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, loving God and loving people, it's not an option. It's not, it's not like something you get around to like number 17 on your to-do list. It's supposed to be at the very top. We're supposed to be doing what we do because we love God and because we love people. And here's the whole point of the message. If you miss this, you might as well be out there eating keto bars. So hear this statement. Loving God is not optional. It's a command. It's the great commandment. And obeying the great commandment naturally leads to obeying the great commission. You see, the problem is not that we're not obeying the great commission. The problem is we haven't really gotten a handle on the great commandment. If I'm obeying, it's a commandment, if I'm obeying the great commandment, it will naturally lead to me obeying the great commission. For you see, if I love God, I'm going to want everybody to know about God so they can worship him and give him glory. And if I love people, I'm going to want them all to know about God so their sins will be forgiven and they'll have a home in heaven for all eternity. The problem is not we're ignoring the great commission. The problem is we're not as solid on the great commandment as maybe we would like to believe we are. I heard someone say the great commandment, obeying the great commandment naturally leads to obeying the great commission and obeying the great commission results in a great multitude of people in heaven one day around the throne. So why do we do what we do? We love God. We love and because he told us to. That's why we make disciples. That's why we join the prayer team. That's why we give our funds. That's why we serve in our church. That's why we send out missionaries. That's why we plant churches. That's why we do what we do because we love God. We love people and because he told us to. And yet, we have been ever so slow to obey. So very slow. Let me show you a world map here. 41% of the world is classified as unreached. See the red areas there? That's where you're unreached peoples of the world primarily live. Now, the, the whole world is lost. And those who don't know Christ are everywhere. They're literally maybe in this room right now. But you see that red area? That's where you guys, your funding has been going. And that's where we work, those red areas. That's where the overwhelming lostness in this world is. There are still millions and millions and millions of places that have no gospel outreach after 2,000 years. The last thing Jesus told us to do, he told us. He didn't ask us. There's no pleas in the Great Commission, and there's no pleas in the Great Commandment. The last thing he told us to do was to take the gospel of the whole world. See that red area? It's billions of people, and so many of them do not know. Look at the next map, and you, that's the world, but what about the United States? You can pick out Illinois there. According to this figure, 13 to 14% of the people in the light yellow areas 
would be born-again followers of Jesus Christ. Okay? Look at those red areas. There's eight states in the Northeast, all of New England, the six New England states, plus New York and New Jersey, and then Utah. There's nine states altogether in the United States that if these states were people groups, they would be classified as unreached people groups. There are that few born-again believers. And even if you look at the Bible belt there, the blue, best case, 42% of them would be followers of Jesus Christ. Best case. And in many cases, it would be down to about a quarter or so. And so, ladies and gentlemen, the world is big and the world is lost. And we've been given a great commission to take, take the gospel to everybody. And yet we've been ever so slow. And I would suggest to you the reason that we've been slow is because of the great commandment. We think we love God. We think we love people. Dear Lord, we say we love you with all our hearts, but I wonder if it's just a crush. I wonder if our love for God is as strong as we think it is. Sometimes I wonder if my love for people is as strong as I'd like to believe it is. In closing, I do thank God that many are, do love him and do love people and they're willing to sacrifice everything to, to spread the gospel. I'm thinking of a, one of our guys overseas named Kerry Muhammad. Kerry was a Muslim imam. One of the Timothys bumped into him on the street and handed him a Bible. Like the kids that came in this week handed him a Bible. He'd never seen a Bible took it home and began reading and through reading the Bible God opened his heart and God saved him Kerry began preaching Jesus in his mosque that didn't go over real well he's got five biological brothers that came to his house one night they tied him to his chair tied him down and they demanded that he stop preaching Jesus he said I can't do that he's my Lord he's my Savior so they broke his left leg and they continued interrogating him. He would not budge, so they broke his right leg as he sat there in the chair. Then they burnt his house down and burnt everything he had. And I read his report to us, his testimony. He said, at first I was very angry with my brothers. He said, it's not that they burnt down my house and burnt down my furniture, all my furniture up. He said, but they also burnt my Bible. He said, that was the only Bible I had. He said, but I have decided to forgive my brothers. And he said, and I've also decided I'm going to continue preaching Jesus in the mosques until my final breath. I think if you could ask Kerry why, I think he would say something like, well, I love God. I love my people. Isn't it what he told us to do? Didn't he tell us to take the gospel to everyone? I was in uh, Indonesia about a year ago, and we had five leaders from one of our Southeast Asian countries there. And I asked them, I said, how many of you guys have been put in jail for preaching the gospel? Every one of them raised their hand. One of them had been put in jail, Richard, over 20 times for preaching the gospel. I think if those five brothers were here on this platform today, I think if we asked them, why are you willing to put up with that? Why are you willing to suffer like you are? I think they would say, oh, it's very, it's very easy, David. We love 
God. And we love our people. And isn't it what he told us to do? My question this morning is, will you join them? Will you devote your life to making disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples? Will you devote your life to sharing the gospel? Surely every one of us, maybe at least one time a week, we could talk to somebody about Jesus. We're all capable. We can do that. And we can do it not because we feel guilty if we don't, not because it's expected, but because we love him and we love them. And it is what he told us to do. Will you decide today that you're going to be a strong follower of Jesus Christ, a disciple-making follower, and that you're going to help spread the gospel through your praying, come get on that team, through your giving, yes, through your personal disciple-making. And don't just do it, but do it because you love, and you love, and because he, he told us to do so. And all God's people said, Amen. Pastor Richard, would you come? It is such an honor to be on you guys' team. I love you. I hope you could understand my Southern, but I sure do love you, and I'm glad to be here. Thank you, Richard. <laughs> First of all, I want to thank you for, um, you've got your wife, you've got your kids, you've got your grandkids, and so I want to thank you for being with us on this Father's Day. When I think about people that have just a heart for Christ, uh, you are the first one that pops into my mind. And so I want to thank you for your friendship. Thank you for your partnership. I want to thank you for being with us this morning. If you want to uh, have, you have a question or if you want to join that prayer team with David, we've got these cards. Uh, David will be down here after the service this morning. But I want to thank you for being with us this morning. And uh, looking forward to all that God has for us. Thank you. So our worship team is going to come out in just a moment. But uh, would you pray with me as we uh, bring this time to a close? Uh, Father, I thank you for the opportunity we have uh, to be a part of making disciples uh, in this community. God, thank you for our partnership with Converge where we're planting churches in this nation. And God, thank you for the opportunity we have to be a part of your work uh, to the very ends of the earth. Sometimes I think we look at that Acts 1-8 passage and that very ends of the earth, uh, we can have questions about. We're not sure what it looks like. But God, thank you that uh, this morning we've been able to tangibly see uh, the impact that we're able to have around the globe. Thank you for your faithfulness of your people. God, thank you for the work that you're doing in and through us. And God, we commit this day to you. We look forward to all that you have for us, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together one more time and close in one more song of worship. Father, let your kingdom come. Father, let your will be done. I'll do it as in heaven, right here in my heart. Father, let your kingdom come. Father, let your will be done. I'll do it as in heaven, right here in my heart. Give us this day a daily bread. Forgive us. Deliver us from the evil one. Let 
In Romans 12, 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. May you all have a blessed week. Thank you for coming. You're dismissed. <laughs>